Hey everybody, welcome to the Growing With Fishes podcast, episode 294. Uh, this week we have a Season from Five Sisters Farms uh, back with us again. Uh, thanks a lot for joining us. Thanks for having me on. I like hanging out with you <laughs> when I can. <laughs> it's uh, definitely a busy time of year for a lot of people. Sorry guys, I was mm-hmm. smoking some hash before the show. Um, before oh. we get started, uh, I wanted to uh, do some quick uh, house cleaning. Um, Marty and I have been working uh, more on the aquaponic cannabis class. We have a whole revamp to the pest control class. Um, we also have a longer format version of the pest control, I'm sorry, the pest control section of the aquaponic cannabis class uh, that Marty and I have put together. Um, we also have a brand new course that's going to be coming out here uh, in 30 to 45 days. Uh, I got it partially recorded. I just got to finish recording and editing it. and and getting it uploaded, but um, all the the content is done uh, for all new pest management class. It's gonna be mainly geared towards living soil and aquaponics. Um, So really looking forward to that. Um, Also, if you're out in Washington, be sure to check out the Myceliate Festival, August 19th uh, through 21st. Um, It's up uh, just south of uh, Seattle, about an hour. Uh, I'll be speaking there. Uh, Lots of amazing, awesome people up there. Uh, Cass, a couple of weeks ago, uh, is putting it together uh, along with um, uh, Dustin from Future uh, uh, 4200. Uh, so that'll be super awesome. Um, uh, Chris Trump, Matt Powers, myself, um, uh, Catherine Seidman, um, yeah, me, um, uh, Molly. Anyways, lots of amazing people. Molly from the bottle shop, Molly's Bottle Shop. Uh, and um, also be sure to check out the Supernatural Conference in Oklahoma. Uh, it's going to be the last weekend in July. Uh, myself, Kevin Jodery, Chris Trump, um, Ben Acadia, uh, Wendy Kornberg, Dan Kittridge, um, Patrick King, uh, uh, a whole bunch of other awesome people will be there. Susan Wainwright Evans will be speaking on insects. She's a guru on that. Uh, Jana L. Beckerman, uh, an equally as knowledgeable person to Susan, although in different areas of cannabis uh, in terms of pathology, uh, and a whole bunch of other amazing people. So you should check that out. Um, it's also near my neck of the woods, so I'll have a bunch of goodies to share with you guys as well. Uh, so it'll be a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Alrighty. Um, thanks for joining us a lot, uh, Susan, this week. Uh, um, so she's here to talk to us about the uh, uh, Emerald Triangle Revealed Tour, which is a wonderful tour of a whole bunch of organic and regenerative farms. Um, so if you want to kind of see how these farms work on an actual working scale, you know, go out and see the farms, see what the day-to-day, you know, workings are on, on those types of farms. Uh, you can take this. They have uh, filled out a whole five-day schedule uh, or six-day schedule, I believe it is. And um, it's a, a really wonderful tour. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, this was really Judy's um you know, creation. And I was really lucky that to be featured, um, you know, it's nice to be included and invited. 
Judy is out and it's the, the cool thing about this is that it's, it's a full like Emerald Triangle every point because she's in Trinity County on the um, Humboldt Trinity County line and I'm down in Humboldt on the Humboldt Mendo County line and then it kind of takes you through the middle of Humboldt um, a bit um, and out to the coast. So you get a little bit of redwoods, whitewater rafting and beach scene, and then lots of farm to table meals. The meals are included. Um, and then, you know, of course the meet and greets and the farm visits with John Casali and Judy and um, her husband, Walter. And Judy and Walter, uh, they're also Sun and Earth certified and Dragonfly Earth Medicine certified. And they, they um, have glamping set up there so you can book even just a one night stay with them if the whole trip isn't, you know, something you can commit to. And it's nice to, you know, Judy and I have very similar business plans and we definitely support each other and um, our allies rather than compete. And I just, it feels really good <laughs> to, um, to work together. And I think with, you know, tourism, you kind of have to do that because it's a regional promotion. Um, <laughs> are you catching crickets? Yeah, all of a sudden, uh, I don't know if you guys can hear in the audio, there's some noxiously loud cricket in here all of a sudden. It's, it's, not, it's not like a um, like a sound effect, like when, when season goes no. to talk, you hear crickets. <laughs> yeah, no. Anyway, sorry, sorry. It's not that, okay. <laughs> um, so uh, there's quite a few different farms, so I guess we'll start off with your farm here. I'll throw the website up. Uh, Hopefully yeah, the, uh, cricket isn't overly obnoxious in the back. Um, you will so you guys... come to my definitely hear crickets <laughs> and frogs <laughs> in the river and <laughs> and the wind blowing through the trees. It's really it's nice. <laughs> um, yeah, so my where I'm featured on this tour is a breakfast, and so the um, people will come. I think so. We're, we're talking about the July um, tour because that's the one that can be booked now. And that's July 22nd through the 27th. And um, that one, you would come from Shelter Cove and then have breakfast at Five Sisters Farm. And that was that's after spending a couple of days in Shelter Cove and going to John's farm. And um, we serve you a breakfast that's going to be put on by Gongier, um, Kelly Valentine. And then, um, and that's, then after that, you're going to head back to Trinity County and go through Humboldt and go to the winery, um, Sarah and, oh gosh, I always mispronounce the winery that they saw that, but either way. So yeah, I'm kind of in the middle of, um, that tour and it's just a really nice, sweet breakfast, a day, a, um, walk in the woods from my place. Cause I'm right by the state park. And then they will drive you up to, um, Northern Humboldt and then to Trinity to stay the night at Judy's place. And, um, Emerald Queen is this Emerald Queens or, oh, that's the winery. Yeah. So Judy, you know, this has been something that we've talked about for about a year and, um, you know, it's, I'm, I'm 
Judy is amazing. She just has so much energy and she's so passionate about this um, outreach through the tourism. And I'm amazed at the job that, you know, she's put together a really good team of um, support to welcome everybody and make sure that everybody's really well taken care of throughout the trip. There's a lot of players um, in this um, organization that she's put on and I'm just thrilled to be a small part of it. There are um, the other farms, which is Emerald Queen, that would be another farm tour and Hannah and Riley are amazing. There's a giant um, half pipe like skate park at their place. And it's just huge. <laughs> it's like a big and it's beautiful and they do a wonderful job. And they're just like really sweet, you know, example of, of a family farm, a family owned farm. And, um, Hannah has always been a really strong female voice in um, the cannabis community in the Emerald Triangle. And I really respect her a lot. So um, I'm thrilled to be featured with them. And yeah, here's Soul Spirit. This is Judy and Walter's place. And actually I got to mention, um, I want to give them a shout out because they won. This is a really interesting category to win at the Emerald Cup. And it's um, the most innovative packaging and sustainable packaging, which I think is a really important component to our regenerative um, commitment is to carry it all the way down to the packaging. And Judy and Walter won for being a, um, a you know, leader in that. And if, I don't know if anybody's ever seen their boxes that they put out, but they put out some like really rad gift boxes with um, an assortment of eights and pre-rolls. And um, it talks all about their farming practices and it's all recycled cardboard. I mean, they've just really done an excellent job as she's done with this trip. She's just really good at what she does. So congrats to Soul Spirit for winning that award. I think that's a cool, one of the coolest awards you can get. <laughs> it's very challenging to be creative and stay within the legal restrictions that are out there because it's so, with a childproof everything, you know, it's just very hard. Yeah, I did a, um, I was on a panel for Earth Day and there was Craig from Satori Wellness. He had just in a, um, invented a new pre-roll pack. It almost looks like a sugar packet of com home compostable um, for pre-rolls and it comes inside of a cardboard box. So it, it seems like everything. And then another guy that was talking about a new plastic and he actually, he, his parent plant was um, seal and meal and the plastic that he was, it was invented by a guy in Hawaii and I'm forgetting what it's, what it's name, what it's name, but it's actually, it's like a byproduct of a bacteria. Um, and so there are some, it should be, be becoming cheaper because I talked to my sister who's head of packaging for up North. And she said, it's like a third at least like a third more for people. And that's, you know, margins are so small right now. People just aren't taking that option. So it's nice to, you know, have some inspiration and have the Emerald Cup recognize that it's a challenge that, and it's, you know, should be awarded when you meet that, that challenge. So I was stoked to see them highlighted. Packaging is like one of the hardest things being with the certification um, to carry it all the way through to that portion. So yay for them. No, apparently I didn't kill them. 
still trying to kill the damn cricket. Um, <laughs> um, Are you sure it's just one? There could be yeah. more than one. Um, it's in the grow room too, so it's like probably, uh, <laughs> I can't just go in there and start. I say you go get a frog, a frog in. You'll have crickets and frogs, and then the frog will eat the cricket, and it'll be nice. I have a cat named Killer, and he is not pulling his weight right now. <laughs> um, so tell us a little about a Huckleberry Farms. So Huckleberry, he's like the rock star of the tourism, and like I mean, he literally he was on a billboard for like Cal Cannabis. Um, John Casali is his story is amazing. He was just featured in a big documentary, a Seth Ferranti documentary and his he went to jail for a long time he, he was taught by his mother his weed strain is called is like named after his mother margie's magic i believe and i his hash just won first place the hash it was heritage made bubble hash from his mom's the strain no white thorn roses which was the one that they used so he's you know just definitely a big big name and just a huge heart. I mean, I've been on his tour a few times and nearly every time he cries when he tells his story and his place is literally, it's like Disneyland of weed. It's like flowers and the mulch lines are like, there's like not anything out of place. There's statuary and a pond people he literally has like geodes there for people to crack open a geode <laughs> that's how magical it is it's like you can catch a bass if you want to you can <laughs> you can I mean he has and it's sweet because it's only I think he only has like altogether to less than 10,000 square feet and it's the place he grew up and you know it's just it's stunning what he's done with his property. It's really, it's up a steep incline and the way that he takes you through, I mean, again, his farm and my farm might be like the only two farms that were designed for tourism. You know, um, he was the first one to get the tourism permit. And then Luke of the Turp mansion got it. And then I have it. So there's only three of us in Humboldt County permitted to do tourism. Um, and you know, it's for me, I feel I, I want more people to do it because it's kind of a bird, you know, a heavy to be, to be such an ambassador. I want more people to participate and use it as like a, a platform for them to get their story out too, because I don't want to be the only orator, you know, or I don't want to misspeak, you know, so I'm, Johnny really has the legacy operator, you know, second generation. I mean, just pull on your heartstrings story, gone to jail. You know, his mom died while he was in jail. It was just, I mean, it's just like, and then he just, the way he, he's so nice, just like such a great man. And his um, partner Rose is really, really sweet. And so they welcome you. They have the whole thing down. I mean, they are pros at, at the tour and definitely, you know, a big somebody who's going to definitely last in the California market. He's been recognized and featured in so many um, stories, you know, on CNN and in Forbes. Um, I think he's here to stay for sure. And it's just really, it's a great example of like, you know, he's owner operator and a small craft 
farm that's not going anywhere who, you know, just it's all heart that farms all heart all the way down to the strains that he grows he also won um maybe actually they might have hold on let me think about this they they also got an award for packaging because their pack they had an eighth that had a peat pot on the top with a seed on it and so every time you bought and i thought like i've always laughed you know i was like when you have seeded weed, that's the most regenerative weed you could sell. <laughs> because it's like you get the weed and the seed, and there you go. It's like the whole cycle right there. Oh, there, was um, a, and- there was a group in Oklahoma that had a bunch of stuff that got seeded. Uh-huh. This guy was selling them in like a sealed clamshell, and it's it was called Test the Nest. So you got smokable weed and you know, however many guaranteed however many seeds per package. And it was mm-hmm. as a way to sell seeds and weed. For, they said, had, it was like 120 bucks or whatever. And it was like, yeah, so you're selling shitty weed that's seeded for, yeah. for 120 bucks. <laughs> Seriously, it's, like, it's how you market Good luck sitting I, on I, that. Like, no, but said, it, was just, it was just funny, but it make putting it in the Jiffy Pot and all is like a much better presentation than just, hey, you got to pick the seeds out. <laughs> yeah. And it was. You know? Yeah. I mean, I said you could sell it as like the starter pack, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. here you go. start your own empire. Here you go. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, you know, marketing is getting more and more creative. And, you, uh, you know, for, go ahead. Rod, you've done some breeding and stuff too. Have you found any difference? Cause I've talked to Ross to Jeff about this quite a bit on like the difference in terp profiles between stuff that's seeded and stuff that's not seeded and you know do you have a preference or sometimes strains will have you know pretty different uh, terpene profile yeah i mean i we made some um live rosin out of some stuff that i had seeded and it turned out really really nice but although it didn't really it it was it didn't really I couldn't recognize it as the strain, you know, it was like once it was turned into hash, a different, it, it's it, a different bouquet came out, you know? And so it, it smelled completely different than what the, it did on the plant. And I didn't really dry very much of it. I just put it right down into the freezer. So it was hard to tell what it would have smelled like dry, but um, yeah, it, you know, I was surprised at what I got back. It was pleasant you know, there was nothing wrong with it, but it just didn't, it was way more fruity than I, than what I thought I gave them, you know, but I don't know. I, I don't usually smoke seeded weed, Steve. So it's hard for me to sample the turpentine. No, 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 I just, I didn't know you did some breeding and stuff like that. So, I, you know, obviously people that make, well, I'll tell you, always have some seeded weed. So. The cherry, um, the sour cherry, the cherry Kandahar and sour diesel seeds that I had, the, those are smelling so strong, like super, super gassy for, you know, for how young they are. Like, as I was transplanting them, I was like, whoa. And it's interesting because they don't really look as the plant. They don't really look leaning towards any, they definitely don't look like sour diesel. And they don't really look like what I remembered the cherry looking like, but I didn't grow the cherry out completely. So, but to me, I was just surprised at how gassy they actually were. 
and I'm hoping it stays that way because that's what I like. The but, Gandahar um, is really nice. I've gotten a couple yeah. of different crosses from, from Humboldt. Nice. I'm What's growing. Up? What cultivars are you growing this year? I'm growing some a seed strain from Spring Creek that um, Z gave me that is Dog Star Cross with Gorilla Glue. And then I have Jungle Jealousy, Grape Gas, and Marshmallow OG clones that I made from moms that I had. I really wish I had enough, like mom's big enough to do the cherry dosi dough because that was just gnarly. I I might want to like just grow that pers- for personal or something. <laughs> but um, yeah, grape gas, jungle jealousy, which everybody seemed to be like real hyped up on the jealousy. Um, and it's growing really big. It's like fast. I was able to put it out really early and it didn't look like it was stressed out by the light at all so it's it's growing big and hard so I'm I'm happy about that um I've never grown jelly I don't know much about it people are always like aren't you afraid to grow things you've never grown before and I'm like no it's really fun for me <laughs> it's really fun it's not someone that's like a super poly hybrid because they just don't don't do too well outdoors always a lot of the hype cuts I know the the first year well, runs I'll- hit first year runs hit Oklahoma uh everyone grew it outdoors like a shit ton of it and everything rotted because it's just not good for the climate <laughs> yeah it's so humid there yeah it's humid yeah. yeah humid and just it's too dense and doesn't it's just the wrong type of cultivar that's something I think that people often uh, and I would love to hear your opinion on this but growing growing to your climate right it's growing things that really like to be in, in the type of uh environment that you have uh, and keeping those over uh, ones that go ahead yeah I'll be you know it'll be interesting to see if these sour cherry seeds that I made you know they are they are growing the most vigorous and biggest plants but I mean I just feel like those are it's because it's the first seed ones I got in the ground compared to the clones but it'll be interesting if they are acclimated and like bio like if I can tell that they have the biointelligence of being bred there, at, you know, on this farm. And I'd love to see, hear some feedback of some people who I gave those seeds away to also. It'd be cool to see what they were doing. I, I did get some pics of the, um, it seemed like out of all the seeds I gave away, everybody mostly grew the, um, the pineapple skunk one because that's who ha- i've been getting like you know back like look pineapple skunk though different people you know what's interesting um, with the pineapple strains uh i've seen this two or three times now um and I've, it seems to be predominantly in oregon but I've, I've had one other person send it to me outside of there um so on pineapple strains only i've had issues with thrips just attacking the pestles right? The, they'll ignore the rest oh. of the plant. And I found them clustering on the flower heads, just eating the pestles off. And I have video of it, like really bizarre behavior that I've only seen on pineapple strands. I've never seen it on anything else. And at three different locations, which was kind of weird, but it seemed like they're attracted to a certain terpene in that pineapple smell. It's, or, it's, you see certain, thing? it's certain terpene. And I find that it doesn't keep well 
you know, like, and if I grow pineapple, I'm like, I got to sell this one first because I find like whatever terpene it like evaporates off. It doesn't smell it like changes its smell later on. Like it, it, it doesn't keep that well, but it does produce giant, like baseball. This one, the, the original pineapple that I grew like in 2009 was like little lady finger buds, like super delicate little. And it was, that was like the, the original pineapple this one the pineapple skunk it was called ruthless pineapple skunk and the and the ruthless came from a swamp boys seed uh strain i guess called the gills nils it was like the ruth that's what that's where the ruthless part came in i guess is what the breeder told me so i felt like you know it it definitely was leaned towards that whatever that was less of the pineapple because it just I planted it so late and these were like not that big of plants but they like were solid buds like just baseball bats almost the whole thing like not very much branch it was like giant cola but I planted them so late I just kind of squeezed them in between other plants and I was like whoa these things finished (laughs) like really amazing I was surprised that's that's really cool is there anything else yeah. different or interesting that you're growing this year in your garden that you're excited about? Well, I did get this great gas tissue culture and everybody's like tissue culture is the way to avoid the hot latent virus. And so somebody was picking some up and I was able to add on to their order, um, which was cool because I'm not buying like the minimums that most nurseries require right now. So I kind of bought that because somebody was going, it was like out of circumstance. Right. And they looked the whole time, like they wanted to flower. And it was like, I had to keep them in my room under LEDs. And I felt like, Oh shit, this isn't enough light. I need to turn on my like 700 or 400 or whatever. And I did that. And it just seemed like the whole time, no matter what they looked like, they wanted to flower. And then I put them out in the sunlight and like hit them. I cut them back super hard. I like stumped them out to make them flush out again. And, um, and I just wondered, is it because it was tissue culture that it just looks like that? I don't know. I've, I don't really, I have not grown a lot of tissue culture, but I hope it doesn't weird out on me outdoors. I am worried a little bit. I took a bunch of cutting, I grew them up into moms and I took a bunch of cuttings and the cuttings look fine off of them, but it was just those original clones that I got just seemed like they were wanting like they were really sensitive i don't know i just do you know do you think that that's i I feel like that nursery is an indoor nursery you know it grows those for indoors probably this is the problem that you do have with tissue culture is that they don't have any endophytes or uh either right they're stripped down to just the plant material so they don't have anything that's stimulating its immune system the way a really good healthy living soil would to help boost the secondary metabolite production and all that. So you're, you're taking something that is very susceptible, you know, when they come out, if you, if it, it can get diseases and things really easily because it's not, doesn't have any defenses, you know, it, it doesn't have honestly, any, you know, it's like the moms. It, it seems like the moms are, you know, the clones I got from the nursery and the, I potted those up. They're like in like three gallons now and they're maybe like four feet tall they're like super bushy I'm gonna have to like thin out the branches when I go to plant them you know um but it seems like the clones I took off of those that are now in one gallons and getting ready to be planted like tomorrow 
um, they are, look way better. They look so much stronger. They are like, I don't know. They just, I'm wondering, and maybe I shouldn't even plant those original ones. <laughs> like I'm seriously well, yeah, considering it. Even though it. Think about it this way. You put them into good, healthy living soils, and now they're inoculated with all the beneficial endophytes and, and other microbes that they need and mycorrhizae and all the other things that are in the plant mm -hmm. tissue now. So that, you know, it's no wonder that they're doing so much better on the, on the, the round of cuts over the originals. I mean, it makes complete sense. Yeah. Well, I'm going to plant them. I'm going to, I just got 10. I mean, they're like 10 nice, big, bushy plants. I'll plant them. I'll take my chances. Maybe I'll take another round of cuts off of them, but you know, it's only 10 plants. If I lose those, it'll be okay, but I'm just going to plant them. I've had a couple of tours. It's interesting. I've had a couple tour, just day tours through Humboldt cannabis tours. And this last week, and I told him, I was like, I barely have, like, I have maybe 50 plants in the ground right now. You know, I'm like, do you, and he was like, no, people, you know, people want to see the Hugo. This is a great time for me to like show, you know, what it looks like under the mulch and under uh, other, other times you can't really see the Hugo mounds because they're so covered in plant material and mulch that it, it's hard to show them what they really are. And now I can at least kind of dissect them and let them stick their hands in them and stuff. And it's been really fun, even with no plants. It's, it's been like amazing how, you know, people are just wanting to know this information so bad and it's amazing how regenerative has become kind of a buzzword and they're so excited about you know being able to see it firsthand I, I just I you know I appreciate people like you educating and and I think it's important to have you know these workshops and conferences because definitely people are hungry for the information you know I was just surprised at how robust the tour was with hardly any plants out there, <laughs> any cannabis plants, there's tons of other plants. And I was able, it was cool kind of to talk about like why I grow these cover crops or why it's like without the cannabis plants being huge and in their face, we were able to like talk about the farming practices and other things more. Um, and I've had some good experiences. This one guy was from China, uh, Chinese immigrant going to school here. And he just wigged out when he saw the poppies. I had the poppies were just finishing, but there was still a pretty good stand of them. And he was like visibly hyped, not scared, not nervous, just like hyped about being, he was like, that isn't total death sentence in my country he was like I've never it was just it and it just really <laughs> let me know like what you know plants still are so taboo the stigma is still out there and it's across so many plants you know the it was just crazy to think that in this day and age he was like you would not even get a trial it would be an execution sentence to have one poppy and I had like hundreds of them you know it, it was just it kind of blew my mind and it re just reminded me like how important, I don't know, it, for him to have that experience. He was like hugging them. He wanted to put, he like decorated his hat with the flowers. He was taking pictures. It was like, and, <laughs> and all of a sudden the cannabis really meant nothing to him, but he was like to see the cannabis and the poppies together. He was like, that is such a bold statement. And it's like, you know, I just can't imagine we've, we've been through so much for this plant, you know, but a straight execution for one single poppy that that was really letting me know like oh my god well shit i uh uh i can definitely uh feel you on that one 
That's definitely yeah. crazy, especially even uh, you know having grown up on the East Coast, where you know how all that goes. But and, uh, it was fun in Zimbabwe when we were going through a checkpoint and had a whole bunch of weed on us, and had, you know <laughs> kind of had to fuck off and couldn't do anything. It was really funny. Anyways, um, uh, so uh, uh, tell, what are some of the other cool things that people get to do on the tour? Uh, I know they're doing uh, dinner and breakfast, all these wonderful places. I think they have some kayak. You mentioned they had some kayaking and redwood tours um, and all that. Can you tell people a little bit about what it's like to go through the redwood forest because, you know, I've, you've been out there for such a long time, but it really is kind of a very unique experience. It's something everyone really should, should experience because it makes you feel very small. It does make you feel very small. And what I like to, you know, acknowledge is other countries have like these ancient relics that are man-made, you know, and their cathedrals, their places of worship, they're, you know, usually like they're, and they're man-made and they're called ruins, you know, like, oh, visit the ruin. They're, they're all falling apart. <laughs> and these things are not man-made. They are still growing, still alive, and as old as those things. And so to me, you know, and, and they're, they're, if you think of like an, like a grounding rod, you know, it's like, they're the tallest, like living thing. And then they don't have a huge tap root. So it's not like it goes way deep in the ground, but just imagine that it's like, a, it's like a living antenna, you know, and it's, it, 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 there's a whole sense of being in, you know, under the canopy, even when I drive from my house, which is really, really sunny, a half mile north through the grove, the temperature changes, you got to turn your headlights on. It's like, it's a whole different environment and it's just completely magical. You know, it does make you feel so small. Those trees are holding and storing ancient knowledge. Um, you know, there, a lot of them you can actually be inside of, you know, and think of that as like an, a womb, you know, just being inside of something living like that is just beautiful. And, um, I don't know, it's, it's definitely, I tell my daughter, you know, I moved her here so she could have mineral water, not fluoridated, not um, chlorinated, um, the cleanest air, you know, you can't buy clean air. So this is like, you know, breathing pristine air, but also limited, limited power lines above our head. So, you know, my, our antennas that we have here are those trees. And so I'm hoping, you know, when you come it does create a different consciousness and reminds, you know, puts you back to nature for sure. You can't help to, but to be completely immersed in it. You know, and the, um, the Eel River is doing, we are still in a drought, but, um, you know, the river, we've had some late rains, so the river's up enough to really, you know, enjoy. And it's been kind of cold. It's been a little bit of a cold spring and rainy spring, and it's hardly been warm enough to get in the water, but by July, it'll definitely be warm enough to get in the water. And part of um, the tour so you'll see the eel river you'll also see the trinity river on the white water rafting and that's through a professional guide um and it, that is all levels of experience you know there's a little bit of rapids but it's not like you know extreme white water or anything it's pretty much a, an easy um an easy float 
and the Trinity river is absolutely gorgeous. It's like, it's a colder river. It's deeper. Um, but there's a lot more boulders. I don't know how to explain it. You won't see redwoods down to it, but it's just definitely a different, more, um, mountains. It's that whole area, you know, that's like near the Trinity Alps. So it's just definitely river action. And then with the, in at the lost coast that is in shelter cove and shelter cove is about 20 miles, uh, west of Redway, which is in Southern Humboldt. And that is a beautiful and that you're like literally like perched on the cliff. So you look out onto the ocean and, um, there's hot tubs in the rooms. And then that night you go over to the Jippo mill, for dinner. And that is a female owned brewery, the smallest and most remote brewery of California. And, um, they will do, they have a lot of different specials going on and it's really good food. You know, they always have local seafood, um, and just a great assortment of salads. It's super fun family vibe. They have like games set out on the lawn. You know, you're mostly eating outside on the patio. So you get to see the ocean view. There's a big fire pit. They have music, they have game night. It's just really fun. So shelter Cove is a special place for us to get away to, um, in Southern Humboldt. It's definitely like where we go for 4th of July and stuff. It's just beautiful out there. The swimming, um, is, you need to know where to go to swim out there, but, um, there is a nice, um, definitely a lot of cliffs and there is one really, there is a safe beach and you'll be guided to that, but it, it can get, the swimming can get a little hairy out there. Lots of surfers. So if you're a good surfer, um, and know how to surf, it seems to be a good spot because there's always surfers out there. Yeah. So lots of water, a lot of water activities, nature activities, all different kinds. Cause that's what we do. That's, you know, Humboldt County is known for its ecotourism. It always has been. And now we get to add cannabis to that. Um, and, you know, we are just hoping to present the plant and these farms and this culture in a really sweet way. And, you know, I think there's been a little bit of misrepresentation about Southern Humboldt, you know, as far as like Murder Mountain and stuff. And so there's so much else. Um, I mean, I think it got a really bad rap from, from that and it didn't really deserve it. Yeah, there's definitely some crazy shit that happens down there, but it's <laughs> when someone's stealing from someone else or there's some like other, you know, it's not just like, you know, random roaming hordes of vikings going around like you know what i mean it's it's yeah usually like you know one organized group with some other organized group and yeah you know and it's not like a regular thing that bothers everybody right and you know i don't know what to do about that <laughs> there's you know we just have to live amongst well, everyone and something that a lot of people don't know about that documentary and something that i thought really was one of the more scummy things that Netflix did was, you know, they they went and filmed some of those things without permission that they were supposed to, you know told not to be at, uh, especially with some of the city council stuff, and they were you know directly told that they weren't allowed to film and, and put it in the documentary anyway, which was kind of fucked up. So I I guess they're like, who's going to take on Netflix, you know? And so I 
I do know that there's other documentaries coming out. I'm forgetting what the Seth Ferranti one is, but I think it's going to be aired on Netflix too, because he did the white boy Rick one. Um, and you know, his, his presentation is going to be something completely different. And that's the one that features John Casale. But, um, you know, we're, we're really trying, there's already so many people coming here, right? Like to the area that don't know anything about the cannabis. They're really coming for the trees. They're really coming for it. And it's amazing. Like with these day tours, we have tourists that come to Humboldt County and they're like, well, okay, what do we do? And they're like, what? I can do a weed tour. Amazing. And they are just like, yeah, I didn't plan on doing this, but where else can you do a weed tour? <laughs> you know, go to a farm. And so I feel like it's a new, like people don't know that they can do this or they don't know that there's a cool, you know, a fun adventure or, or, you know, knowledge to be exchanged. You know, it's like, it's up to us to create these programs and really roll this out and, and do it in a good way to where people say that they had a good time you know, and that they respect what we're doing. So when they go to a dispensary, they are asking for, you know, craft sun grown. And, you know, I'm promoting a lot of different farms. I don't, not just mine because I, I'm so small. I grow so little that you can hardly find me anywhere, but um, there's plenty of other farms, you know, within the sun and earth certification and the dragonfly earth certification that I promote just to give people the vocabulary and the confidence to, you know, demand, you know, an ethical choice or demand, you know, a choice, um, a a product that's been grown consciously. So that's part of, you know, when it's really valuable to create that brand buy-in and, um, you know, I feel like when people come to visit my farm, they'll, they'll, if they see, you know, they'll never forget my brand and it's just really valuable to be, you know, to introduce people like they're, you know, these are the certifications you can ask for and, and this is how you find us. So uh, people are relieved to know that there are some certifications. So they, they know that the product isn't just being marketed as, you know, craft. And it's really not. People were like, what does craft mean? What does it mean? And uh, to me, it's, it means that you're an owner operator, that you're crafting your soil, you're crafting your inputs, you're crafting your genetics, you know, that they come from our hands. And it's not like, you know, a CEO who never sees the inside of their greenhouses or whatever, (laughs) you know, it's like, sure. I don't think it's about size necessarily. I don't think a craft is about size. I think it's more about the method. Absolutely. Uh, You just made reminded me. So I was, I won't mention the conference because I don't want to, I don't (laughs) want to, but there was a conference I was on last year and, uh, they put me on a panel and it was me and three other people and it was a cultivation panel, but they like owned companies, but none of them had actually grown anything. So I was the only one on the panel for a straight hour that could actually answer any of the questions in the Q&A. So it was an hour of me talking in like five or not 55 minutes yeah. of me talking and five minutes of them because <laughs> they just didn't know the answer. It was hilarious. Well, also, I mean, they hear the answers you give and then they're like, I don't want to 
let him answer everything because he obviously knows because they don't want to sound silly compared to your very technical answer i'm sure steve <laughs> i just thought it was funny like sometimes people, i uh, mean and that's that's what i'm saying it's like right now there's like so much history being made there's so much misrepresentation misinformation there's just people jumping on the bandwagon of like just really trying to present themselves as whatever and that's why it's really important for us to be like you can come inspect us you like you can come meet us you can come check what we're doing we're not hiding we're not candy coating anything we're not we're actually going to just show you a really rad good time and you when you leave from our experience you'll be our friend you know it's like it's it's a different marketing model than most businesses you know and it's one that a lot don't understand and there's I've noticed a lot of people get on the tourism thing they're like oh I can do that you know and then it's like they have one weekend of glampers and they're like oh my god I cannot answer you know how do you make the shower work one more time or something it's like it does take a little bit <laughs> it does take a little bit of a special you know person to really be a good host and to be okay being in service and also be okay being judged you know because I know when people come to my farm it's probably smaller than what they think it looks you know it's not super high tech you know it's, it's it looks completely different than any other thing that they've seen um, as far as cultivation and I'm thinking that's what you know I'm hoping that's why they've come so they to see something different you know and and something super authentic so they know like this is what it means to be regenerative or this is what it means to be crafted and i'm gonna i'm gonna be able to investigate that and be an educated consumer now because i've been it been there and i've seen it with their eyes and you know it's like to me that's empowering and that's what i want to do is you know i've always tried to empower people to have the confidence to grow their own food or you know work to you know i just want people to feel empowered and so, you know, if they can leave here a little more confident, so they know how to ask for what is best for their body and best for the earth, then I've done my job. Even if it's not asking for my product, if it's asking for somebody else's, you know, I'm, I feel good about that. You have a very beautiful farm. I had a chance to go see it finally, uh, this last trip out to Humboldt. So that was really cool to go see and, uh, and see your place. We have the gathering. Yeah, it's always yeah it's always changing i have there's another tour i wanted to talk about real quick that is less days it's only three days because you know six days is a big commitment for people i understand you know i get that and there's another woman who i work with um her name is nicole fryer and she owns the papa and barkley um day spas. Um, she's, co she's a founder of that. So she owns the spa portion. Um, and that's, it was like the first place you could go get it like an infused massage in the state of California, which was really cool for her and super proud of her. I've known Nicole way back from San Diego since I was, in, um, like in my twenties. So it's cool to see. now we're like professional women. <laughs> Um, but her tour is called humble holiday tour and, um, it's a little bit, it's only three days. 
and she, um, it goes, to, there's a canopy walk, it goes to the winery and be, and you stay at the Scotia Lodge, which Scotia Lodge is a cool historic building that's in the town of um, Rio Del in Scotia. And it was like an old logger town. It still has a big mill there. And so um, her tour is a little cheaper, you know, less dates and you don't glamp at all. You stay at the hotel and, and that has a restaurant there. And then you also stay um, you go to the Humboldt Bay Social Club and there's some history about the, um, the Humboldt Bay. This is something really amazing. The Humboldt Bay Social Club bought a piece of land out on the Samoa Jetty, which was like an old um, air airstrip. And in it, in that property came an island that a massacre had happened. I think this was like as late as like the 20s. Um, of the of and they gave that land in a ceremony back to the tribe and i just think and then a portion of when you go to their place goes to the tribe and they just have a really so the the cultural um person's gonna would come down and there'd be a, an evening of history about the tribes and humboldt county and that area which is um the samoa um, and then a canopy walk at the Sequoia Zoo, which they just put this in. It's really cool. It's, you know, like a rope bridge up through the Redwood Forest and the Sequoia Zoo is pretty cool. So it's shorter and no glamping. You know, some people don't want to glamp necessarily, even though it's very luxurious. <laughs> um, and it's, you know, more, it's put on through the um, social space club and the spa and the Scotia Lodge. So that's another option for people. And then there's two other things that have been kind of a pop-up for me that I was just like, what, this is getting out of control. It's amazing. There's some apps that people buy and it's like a 420 things to do in the Emerald Triangle, or there's one that's called the Humboldt Passport. And that, um, those are like scavenger hunts and, you know, kind of a guided tour that you can take on your own once you have this app. And I'm a feature on those too. So I'm being like, you know, it was really a dream come true for me to have a garden I could share with people. And now it's, I'm being pursued by people who want to share it for me. And it's like, it's just amazing marketing because I'm not paying these people you know, like they, they call me up. They're like, we want to feature you. And I'm like, this is amazing. Cause a lot, most people have to pay for advertising, you know? And so I just know it's, it must be a popular and exciting thing. If people are, you know, creating apps for it and doing their research and calling me up and cold calling, I'm just like, I'm kind of bracing myself to see like how many people are going to come through this summer. I'd be, you know, last year, I think there was 126 day tours in two months. And it's, you know, for me, it doesn't take a lot out of my day. You know, it's about an hour, maybe, two, maybe I'll get two tours in one day. So two hours. And a lot of times I'm just continuing to do what I was doing. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm continuing farming. I'm answering questions. It doesn't take a lot of time out of my day to host these. And most people are like, I can't believe I'm meeting the owner and the cultivator and the, you know, it's like, 
not a lot of businesses you go to, I guess, would you get to meet the founder? And I guess that's a cool thing to people. I don't know. <laughs> they seem to be surprised by that. That's cool. Um, I know a lot of people certainly haven't had a chance to see the industry and, and get to know all the different uh, aspects of it. So I know we've been really saturated, haven't we, Steve? To, and it, and oh, yeah. it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of, I feel like I've gotten jaded over the years a little bit, you know, and it's like, I, it's super refreshing to meet, to, to be able to witness, you know, somebody seeing the plant for the first time, or just know that there's people wanting to know how to find these products and knowing the difference between, you know, like knowing what the entourage effect is and saying like the weed I'm getting isn't offering that to me. How can I, you know, and, and seeing that these tests, I, I don't know. One really interesting thing about John Casali is that he and Tina Gordon of Moon Made Farms did same like a genetics comparison of out, outdoor full term to indoor of the same genetics and the terpene profiles. They've posted these um, results and on their websites and the terpene profiles were just like off the charts, you know, better. And it seems like just with those few tests and that marketing, people are recognizing that and knowing that. And they're like, well, I felt, I, it's amazing how people will said, I thought I, I, I felt like that would be true, but it's not until a test comes out and confirms it for them. Will they say like, it is true. <laughs> you know, It's like they, they don't even trust their own experience or their own palate. They, you know, they need to see a test result for them to be like, I knew I was right. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, you know, John that, you know, for, he's a leader in that, in that type of just getting that, that word out and providing that you know, they, Tina and John are kind of rock stars. They have a lot of uh, media attention. They're wonderful speakers. And, you know, when you have somebody with like star power like that, putting out that information and doing their due diligence to, to go ahead and be like, this is the proof is in the pudding. This is the test results show. You know, I think that's, it's valuable for all of us. You know, it really raises the value for all of our products when they do that education for us. And that's, you know, really the goal of the tours, you know, is, is that educational outreach more so than diver, you know, it's diversifying and, and creating an income. It is nice to have an alternative income. It is nice. You know, it's a great marketing thing, but it's really about the consumer education. Do you have any other um, educational opportunities or, or how, if people wanted to try and book their, to come stay at your, your spot, how do they do that? Can they do that through your, your website? I think they, they can do that through your website, correct? Yeah, they can do it through my website. Um, it'll have, it'll go to my hip camp. And five, um, I'm trying. FiveSistersFarm.co if you're listening in audio version. Yeah. I'm trying to create something on Airbnb that's called an experience where people can just buy like a day tour through Airbnb because it's so difficult for us to get insurance for, for people who aren't, 
there's no, there's very few insurance writers for cannabis as everybody sure, I'm sure knows, but, um, to have people visit a cannabis farm that aren't employees, is just like, nobody understands what I'm doing. And they're like, uh, no. And so I realized that I had to start an event and like a different business license and not try to get it through my cannabis insurance people. And, but I just, I, you know, Pip Camp provides insurance. They know I'm a cannabis farm and then Humboldt Cannabis Tours provides insurance. And I'm thinking that, that this Airbnb experience will do it. And there's one pilot program in Sonoma County through the Airbnb. I'm just, I'm, I'm having to work with them on it. Um, they, they didn't approve me right away. I was like, what? Can't believe that. <laughs> but I think if I keep working with them, they will. And, and that would be another way that they can book directly to me and not have to go through Humboldt Cannabis Tours. Um, so I'm working on that. But um, yeah, Hip Camp is. Go ahead. I was going to say, are you doing anything differently with your uh, KNF inputs or any of your other organic inputs this year? Anything you changed up for your garden? Let's see. What did I do? No, not really. I just do. I did get a um, shredder because <laughs> I was tired of chopping. That's too much chopping. Okay. So I got a shredder and that really seems to speed it up. But I realized, you know, I don't even need that much product. It's like now I've, now I can like KNF on like almost an industrial scale scale with like big five gallon buckets. And I just, I was fine with the jars, you know, it's just, I guess. So that was my new thing. And then once I started using it, I'm like, am I even going to use all of this? And it's mainly, you know, we have mugwort, we have blackberry, we have, I did, um, a bunch of parsley, which I was, I don't, parsley came up and Dr. And, Elaine Ingham's talk about phosphorus. I think I have, I took a screenshot of it, but so I have my parsley one. I, I grow so much parsley. Um, that was new, I guess I I've never normally, I just lay it over and I don't, um, there's so much, I'm always just laying it over to, for biomass, but this year I actually made a ferment out of it and we'll see, I have to do the research of what she said. It's in my phone. I'm, you know, it's so simple what I'm doing. It's like, I don't add a lot. I don't get worried about it. I don't, you know, I try not to stress too much over it and it seems to work out. It's like seriously, almost the do nothing garden. And, you know, I say that. And then everybody like Matt, the the tour guide who brings the people he's like then you say that but every time I come there's like a massive amount of stuff done he was like you're doing stuff you're, you're just not you know like paying attention I'm like I feel like I'm just having fun but um you know today I was just um spreading out compost I had taken all the poppies down laid them all in the hugels and I kind of call that recharging them um on the outsides and it almost makes like a basket and then I cover it with wood chips. Then I do one last layer of compost and hay, lots and lots of hay. And I plant in that. And so I'll be planting tomorrow. I got my compost out today. 
And my, my trenches um, are planted already, but my hugels were not because I was letting the poppies finish up. And I was so glad I did because to witness that guy freak out over them the, the other week was just like golden for me as a garden host. That's like what I live for is to see somebody like in shock value like that. You know? <laughs> um, so let's see. I'm just cleaning out. I'm getting all my, I'm taking all my tea equipment out, cleaning that, getting it all ready, setting it up. You know, I take everything in, in the winter time and I break most everything down. Um, and so that's what I'm, I'm really just getting ready to start teeing setting that up, which is simple. I just have the cone, the cone, um, reservoir up on a stand and just air stones. And yeah, for me, I've got this garden down to where I can do all these other things. And I, you know, I don't want to say to everybody that they're overthinking it and they obsess over it too much and that, Hey, you can do it easy. Like I do it. Cause I'm not, not everybody would get the same results, but for me, you know, I'm so stoked <laughs> that I've gotten it down to this because I think about what I went through, you know, in the early two thousands, like depping and monocropping. I'm just like, that was just way too much for me. And I've been down to where I, it's easy. I enjoy it. And that's where I like it. Gotta have fun. Steve, are you having any fun growing anymore? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. <laughs> oh, I, I, I miss my plant therapy. I work on grows and then I have a couple, you know, a month or two off and I work on a bunch of grows again. I, you know, I don't, I'm not in grows constantly. So at least not at the moment, hopefully that'll change here soon. But uh, yeah, lately I've been working on a lot of edible stuff. So the last week or two. I feel like that place, like before I met you in person, I had heard about that place in Monterey. I felt like, did you give tours in that place? Did, was that place ever open? I felt like you could visit that place that you were growing up before. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I used to work with the group down in, in San Francisco, but uh, yeah, um, I don't even think they're there anymore after the fires and everything. I know he had some issues with the fires and, and his house and stuff, so I don't but you they were like facility tours I'm always like trying yeah. to ask other people like what do you what would you want to learn on a tour like if they've had any experience and I, I when I was thinking about this podcast today I was like I think Steve's oh. given tours oh yeah we used to always no? give, we'd harvest a couple of the different things that we had um and at the farm and then we would kind of have those available at the end it's kind of like a taste test or maybe halfway through they could stop and you know try some of the different greens and things that we had on site um and see if they liked it or not because they could buy it you know at the end um so that was something that we would do oftentimes especially if they had children we let the children feed the fish yeah. the, you know the top of the tank explodes uh and you know it mm -hmm. just makes them laugh and giggle and it's something cool for the kiddos um, but then other than that was just um, oftentimes, you know how you, you, whenever you grow lots of vegetables, you always grow more than what you intend to have. And you always have a couple extra starts or whatever. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes everyone could take one or two plant starts that were just the runts or other ones. There's nothing wrong with them. They just weren't, you know, premium mm -hmm. optimal growth uh, uh, compared to the other ones. So oftentimes we give away some of the, you know, maybe, nothing wrong with them, but maybe not the, the, the best plants that we had. So um, that's another thing that we used to do regularly. Um, trying to think if there's anything else that was different we used to have uh different um 
dinner parties too. So we had like, uh, you pay so much and we bring in a chef and they, you know, use everything within, you know, 10 miles or 20 miles of the farm. Uh, and that kind of stuff was another big thing. That's what I want to do next. There has been some like um, elevated dinners or pairing dinners that have been happening around here and some event, some new event companies have popped up. And so that's the idea with the kitchen is to have more of those. I've bought um, a bunch of green lights. Let me ask you. So, you know, my garden, I'm having the festivals have come back next door. So there's going to be people in the yard at nighttime, you know, a lot of campers more than I normally have for. And so I wanted to light up the garden. So people aren't like walking into the plants and into the trenches and you know tripping over hugels and stuff. And so I bought a bunch of green lights and do you think I'm going to mess it up? I'm so worried about like how I've had, even solar little lights out there for the for the glamping tent and i'm like fuck dude all of a sudden i'm like this light is gonna mess things up it never has but this if i really want to light up the garden i'm putting on green lights out there but some people were like oh it'll still mess it up well i would do i wouldn't think it would well yes green lights still have an impact on plants but it's far less of an impact on the other ones but I think as long as they weren't aimed up at the canopy, if you had them mounted down at the ground, so like if you had like a railing yeah, or some kind are. of little thing uh-huh. aimed, it's just aimed at the ground, <clears throat> then I think you're uh-huh. having a lot less issues because you're not having that direct yeah. ion emission on the plant. Um, that's going to be your best bet. Well, and I'm just going to set those lights out for when I have an event or, you know, most the tours happen during the day. So I hardly ever have, but I definitely planted like all these white flowers and all the silver foliage stuff. It's like, I think I'm the only person who grows like a, like a landscape design when I, when I plant my cannabis garden. Cause I wanted, I, I want the white flowers to like light up at night. So it's going to be cool. I'm excited about that. Well, if you, uh, maybe the first hour or two and you're a little less worried about them staying awake, you know, UV lights, like black lights are really cool on white flowers. I mean, it'll be neon, but I don't know what that would do with the plants. Yeah. I, you know, I have no idea what that would do with a dormant that. plant, but it certainly would be cool. Hope that's the violet. You know? Yeah. Well, we'll see. I'll send you some pictures. It's going to, I'm hoping it's going to turn out. I have this like grandiose vision <laughs> of a party garden, like a Vegas style party garden. <laughs> <laughs> like you need some octagon mirrored tables too. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> With those egg-shaped chairs randomly in the garden. <laughs> it's fun. I felt like there was something else that I was just gonna say about something I changed up this year. The lights of something new. Oh man, I lost it. I lost it. All right. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> is there anything else? <laughs> Sorry. No. Oh. Is there anything else you wanted to go over? Um, I know we're uh, getting a little bit past an hour. I didn't know how much time you had this evening or if you wanted to. Oh, we are past an hour. Let's see. 
think that's it. Oh, I guess, you know, the other thing that's happening in Humboldt County, which people can come and visit for is the West Side Life Market. We're starting a bunch of farmers market style things. So that's a really great way to come, you know, check out the products and get to meet the farmers and see, you know, I think people want to know like, what is a legacy farm and what brands are there? And this is how you find out. So, you know, it's easy to come just for a weekend. It's easy to come, you know, on a day trip and, but it's also worth it to come for six days too. So there's lots to do lots of different, you know, running up again with like the different fairs and festivals that happen. So it could be a good time. I think we all need some good times and I think it's okay to give ourselves permission to still have a good time when everything's like wacky. So it's important to still find joy and rejoice with each other. Absolutely. Especially with how crazy everything's been the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. So there are times when I'm like, you know, how important is this that I'm doing? It seems frivolous or like, you know, but when I meet the guy from China and then this other couple came and he, his, he had a whole arm full of um, prison tattoos dedicated to cannabis and for him to come out of prison and like come to a weed tour, you know, it was just like full circle, like a healing moment for him, just seeing how it's being celebrated. You know, I feel like this, I knew it was important what I was doing in the 215 era, you know, providing access. And I feel like this is, you know, another form of access, not, not in the, not as critical, but still um, important. So, you know, awesome. Well, I'm glad we can uh, get it on here. We'll throw the um, tour back up here on the screen. For those of you guys who want to check yeah, it out. Yeah. I appreciate you, you know, giving me a chance to talk about it and supporting what's going on way out here. And it was, I was really trying to reach out to my out-of-state friends. So thanks for being my friend that I could reach out to <laughs> with the podcast, all of it. You had it, you had it all, Steve. Thanks. <laughs> And uh, here's her, her website. If you want to just uh, check out her farm and um, stay there, she has a couple awesome tents. And uh, yeah, that's a good example of one. Oh, there we go. So I got all different kinds of cool stuff on here. Yeah. Awesome. I just had somebody else take over my website. And I uh, just now I was like, whoa, I've never seen that before. <laughs> But I just, what you just clicked on, I just had. Uh, yeah, that's really cool. Um, all righty. Yeah, um, yeah. You can find her Thanks. Instagram over here at uh, Born Seasoned. You can check out all of her posts and all kinds of other cool stuff on there. Um, and then we have, yeah. And then you can check out the other farms as well. They got Huckleberry Hill Farms on the tour. Soul Spirit Farms on the tour. Emerald Queen Farms on the tour, uh, Miles Garrett Wines, a whole bunch of other uh, uh, awesome people that are involved in the tour as well. So, um, yeah, looks like a really, really cool opportunity for people that really haven't had a chance to come out and see, you know, the actual, you know, living soil commercial side of stuff. Yeah. Well, thanks for it's coming. It's here. 
thanks for having me. Have a good night. And I hope to see you sometime soon. Yeah, I uh, don't know when I'll be out on the West Coast. I might be actually out there for the end of the year. So I'll keep you posted. Okay, um, especially if you a place to stay. You know where to come. <laughs> right? You've got an awesome tent. Yeah. I can stay in the garden. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, Steve. Have a good night. Bye. And uh, if you guys um, are going to uh, are also looking for other cool stuff to go to, if you're uh, um, up in Washington, um, be sure to check out uh, Myciliate the Festival. It's mushroom and permaculture and all things regenerative uh, up there. You got uh, myself, uh, Molly from Molly's Bottle Shop, Dustin Powers, Chris Trump, uh, Cass Posey. Uh, she was on our uh, podcast a couple weeks ago, so be sure to check that out. Matt Powers will be there, um, and uh, Catherine Seidman and a whole bunch of other people are going to be there. A really, really cool lineup of people, and i um, really, really stoked to be part of that festival uh, up in Washington. It's up in Wilkinson, so I'll be there as a speaker. It's going to be a good time. Lots of really amazing people in a wonderful forest atmosphere. If you're in Oklahoma, uh, the last weekend of this month, or I'm sorry, July, sorry, a long day, um, Friday, but, uh, the July 29th, you got Wendy Kornberg, Chris Trump, Ben Acadia, and myself speaking. On Saturday, we have um, Dan Kittredge, uh, Chris Trump, Wendy Kornberg, Ben Acadia, Patrick King, uh, Kevin Jodery, uh, Michael Siegel, and a whole bunch of other awesome people. Um, and then we have on Sunday, Susan Maywright Evans and Janet Beckerman talking uh, insects and pathogens. And then we have uh, Michael Wolf rounding us out at the end. So um, definitely be sure to check that out. Um, and uh, yeah, be a good time um, for everybody. And uh, yeah, if you're looking for another, you know, regenerative style uh, conference, uh, you know, this time of year, it really is the best one out there. Um, definitely check that out. Um, I'll be speaking at that. And yeah, if you're looking for additional aquaponic cannabis info, um, you should check out aquaponic cannabis, apmjclass.com. Uh, Marty and I have a huge full-length aquaponic cannabis training course on there. Uh, we have a whole revamp to the pest control. We've added quite a bit to it. Um, it's just the pest control now is almost 250 uh, uh, slides. Um, it's, it's really in-depth. Uh, so, uh, and I'm going to keep adding to it, but I'm pretty happy with the current state of it right now. Um, and then that uh, pest management class for living soil and aquaponics is going to be also offered separately. So if you're just a vegetable person uh, or already have a commercial facility and just need that component of it, um, you will be able to purchase that separately uh, as a standalone. We'll also be having minerals and microbes as a separate standalone class and then aquaponic uh, can't, uh, uh, 101 design class. So um, we'll kind of have a couple of different ones if you're looking for it. And those will be geared um, more towards um, general aquaponics and production with, you know, uh, caveats for the different crops and things. It'll be more wider than just cannabis specific. But um, yeah, definitely check that out. We have a whole bunch of cool new content. I kind of had a little bit of a, a slow month before another project in July. So um, I kind of, uh, I've been making a lot of uh, educational content for you guys, putting a bunch of new classes together. So have that coming down the pipeline. I have a bunch of new YouTube content that's going to be going up. We have a bunch of Patreon content coming up. Uh, we'll be launching the Patreon uh, at some point this month as well. So uh, be looking forward to that. Uh, everything from the Patreon after 60 or 90 days, depending on which video it is, 
will be up on the YouTube. So don't feel like you're going to totally miss out. But if you do want to support the content creation, um, you know, we'd, we'd love to have you support the show. Um, so uh, that's that's all coming down the pipeline. So really been doing a lot of work on, on getting education stuff out there uh, uh, and getting uh, a bunch of cool new stuff together for you guys. So um, be looking for that. And uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, we have the gentleman from BioAg. Uh, One moment, I want to make sure I get his name correct. So I don't mispronounce it. So uh, Eric uh, from um, uh, BioAg will be with us on Thursday to answer your um, uh, questions about their products. He's a really, really uh, smart dude and uh, super stoked to have him on. We've had lots of people from, or we had Dr. Faust on a couple of times from BioAg and uh, certainly uh, excited to have another member of the team over there. Uh, on the show. Uh, we will have an episode next week uh, with um, the people from uh, Organic Cultivators. Uh, so that'll be fun. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have a, a whole bunch of cool content coming down the pipeline. We got a bunch of cool guests in the, in the queue. So um, yeah, hope you enjoy the content. We will be back to the regular Thursday, uh, Tuesday, Thursday schedule uh, as much as possible here uh, in the near future. Um, we won't have a show every Tuesday, but we will have a show most Tuesdays. Alrighty, guys. Uh, thanks everybody for watching. You can find uh, again uh, season over at Born Born Seasoned uh, on Instagram. You can find me at Poet and Ponics on SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, all the things. Uh, and uh, thanks for listening. We've had a, a lot of cool people reaching out to the show lately uh, with different questions on their farms. Happy to help everybody out. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, a whole bunch of cool new content here in the near future. Thanks a lot, and we'll catch you guys next week.